Why are you looking like that? <laughs> the elephants on your bedspread either have really fat tails or five legs. That's a thing. No. That's a tail. One, two, <laughs> it's a tail. It's the same width as the legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you make a better bedspread then? This episode brought to you by Five-Legged Elephant. <laughs> yep. Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together, we are Big and White. And you're listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. Hi, everyone. It's us again. Could you guess it? (laughs) After we just introduced ourselves. (laughs) Um, So this is a second part of our two-part episode that we recorded Wow, feels like a whole lifetime ago. Yes, a lot has happened since then. We will get into that in a second. But if you guys haven't already listened to part one of this episode, we would recommend that you go back and listen to it. We will be referencing a few things that might not make sense if you haven't listened to part one. And also, it's just great. Like, you should just listen to it because you'll love it. Obviously. (laughs) Okay, but... Before we get to the episode, we have a few things to discuss. Mm Mm-hmm. First of all, dude, happy new year. Happy new year. We made it all the way to 2077. We did it, you guys. (laughs) Um, Hi from the future. It's pretty great out here. (laughs) So if you don't know, if you're new to this pod or new to Nepal, we're on a different calendar here and we get to live in the future. It's very fun. Mm -hmm. So New Year's was on April 13th of the Gregorian calendar. And yeah, we ticked over that year. Feels pretty good. Yeah. So if any of you guys are feeling a little bit down in the dumps and, you know, you need something like to kind of pull you out and have something to achieve, then let this be your opportunity to set some New Year's goals, resolutions. Oh, I love this idea. Another chance. (laughs) Start over. Wipe out 2020. We don't need that anymore. 2077 is the way to go. (laughs) Fabulous. Okay. I have another thing to celebrate. Yes. Are you ready? Uh, tell me. <gasps> we have a new patron. Yay. Hooray. Um, so this patron is the Pigeon Tier. If you don't know, our Patreon has each tier is named after a glorious animal of Nepal. And uh, pigeons are the luckiest animal in Nepal. Did you guys know that? Like you can see uh, hotels that are named after pigeons. Mm. Like in Pokhara, there's one that we always see that's called Hotel God Pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, I need to stay there. (laughs) And um, I have once come across a humongous slew, shall we say, of (laughs) pigeon statues in the department store here. And you don't have to tell me. I already know. I regret not buying all of them. (laughs) I haven't been able to find them since. (laughs) They're um, considered to be bears of good luck, good fortune. A lot of people will feed pigeons every single day. Mm -hmm. Lots of my neighbors do that. It is (laughs) mass pandemonium at seven (laughs) fifteen in the morning. But yeah, but we love pigeons. We've been spending a lot of time with the pigeons. We really have. Um, But yeah, so our new patron says, Happy New Year. I have been binge listening to your podcast. This is already on top of the best thing to happen this year. Stay safe and healthy. 
You stay safe and healthy too. Yeah. Thanks for sending us a message. You're awesome. Yeah. We're super excited to have you as a supporter. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So not to break with complete custom, even though you guys probably know what we're going to say. How was your week, babe? (laughs) Did you go anywhere exciting? Oh my gosh. I went to your roof. Whoa. And I went to your porch. Wow. I hung out in your kitchen Uh and uh your living room. Yep. Yep. Yeah, actually, my week was kind of terrible. (laughs) I feel like the first week or two of lockdown, I was feeling all guilty because I was in a great mood. (laughs) I was like, A, suddenly all the pressure's off. Like, you can't really do stuff. You have to be inside. B, this is new and interesting. Staying in a new place. (laughs) I love new things. So exciting. Week three, I was just like, I hate the world. I hate my life. (laughs) The longer this goes, the more lethargic I get. Just like, I have no emotions anymore. I'm dead to the world. (laughs) So that was my week. It was pretty great. (laughs) Yeah, sounds amazing. Well, I will say I cooked a lot of amazing food. Mm -hmm. I made quote unquote healthy ice cream Mm -hmm. out of bananas and protein powder and peanut butter. It's delicious. Highly recommended. What else did we make? We made breakfast burritos. Yeah. Waffles. Yep, yep. Uh, We ordered food delivery. Mm -hmm. I've eaten so much gimbab because that's the only pre-made food you can buy. (laughs) And it's delicious. So my food is going well, even if my emotions are not. Oh, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope it's on the up and up. I think it is. Yeah. I think I hit a low point a couple of days ago. So yeah. I can't think of like what exactly would be like new and exciting to kind of like, you know, revamp your interest in mm-hmm. life in general. Yeah. I can't imagine what that could be. Well, it's frustrating because I feel like I'm making all the right choices. Mm-hmm. Like I'm balancing work and other things well. I'm eating healthy. I'm exercising. I'm going outside. And yet I am still unhappy. So yeah. I think I'll just have to Keep on keeping on. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to be like bear of bad news, but you know, I think I believe strongly in just letting it suck sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't have to have the expectation of being happy or joyful in particular all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can just let it be hard and know that it is temporary. Yes. How about you? How was your week? Better than mine. Ooh, I feel a little <laughs> bit guilty. <laughs> we traded emotions. Go ahead. Tell everyone how happy yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started out really miserable when Big was all like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, everything's horrible. I can't plan anything. All my work has stopped. I have no goals. <laughs> and um, and now I am doing, I'm not going to lie, I'm doing pretty dang well. <laughs> at least we were both unhappy at the same time. Right? That's true. Yeah, we would have been completely miserable and just like fed off of each other's misery. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like I have a good routine going. Um, We're still able to work. And so I have some deadlines coming up for work. So that gives me just like a little bit of healthy stress to be able to kind of like push me to um, actually work like full days. (gasps) Amazing. Amazing. And like not be like super grumpy about it either because I don't have like other things to distract me so much. Mm. Although I will say I'm getting tired of people assuming that we have all this free time because I feel like we don't. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we're trying to work our normal, you know, full-time week Mm -hmm. and we are doing 500,000 dishes a day somehow. (laughs) Like cleaning the house. And yeah, it's like, where does the time go? It's amazing. It really is incredible. I'm like, and 
part of it, I think, is a lot of Zoom meetings where it's like, mm, it's supposed true. to be a short Zoom meeting, but you spend half an hour just waiting for people to actually like figure out how to get into the <laughs> Zoom room. And and I mean, we are like taking a break throughout the day to like, we go up to the roof and we lay in the sun, which mm. has been so nice. I'm going to be tan for the first time in 10 years, yes, I think. <laughs> same. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so ready for us to be tan so that we can start going back to work and get pale again. <laughs> We're going to have to rename the podcast for like a few weeks and just be like <laughs> big and tan, big and tan. <laughs> extra big because of all those snacks we're eating <laughs> big and slightly less white yeah big and more freckles <laughs> um well we gotta get that vitamin d you know what i'm saying we really need all the vitamin d that we can get mm-hmm. and like healthy fats yeah that's good for your mental health people doing it um, but yeah, overall, I would say I'm doing pretty dang well. We had a good Easter holiday. Yeah. Um, that was recent for us. You made the most amazing cake that I maybe have ever eaten in my whole life. I don't really like cake and I loved this cake. It was really amazing. <laughs> I surprised myself. And then we ate it for breakfast every day yep. of the week after yeah, Easter. Yeah, now it's gone. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I really want to make it, but it like takes like a thousand lemons and like four tablespoons of poppy seeds and my Mm. poppy seed store is running precariously low Mm, yeah you got those arkansas poppy seeds yeah i brought them over especially but anyway you guys probably don't care that much about (laughs) um what you really want to know about is our gym setup (laughs) (laughs) okay honestly that's pretty amazing (laughs) yeah like it's really morphed over the past month that we've been in lockdown because it started out and I was like in my room and you were out on the balcony doing yoga Mm -hmm. and then my landlords were like you're making dust come down on us every single time that you're jump roping please stop (laughs) and so then we moved up to the roof and then they're like you're still making dust come on us please cease and desist I think they're just afraid that the whole building's gonna come down around them yeah yeah I should be the one who's named big (laughs) creating the earthquakes (laughs) Anyway, but now our um, current iteration of our home gym is that we've taken over the dining room. Because mm-hmm, we never use it anyway. <laughs> we're, we're not going to have anybody over. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So now that's been really great. It is nice to have a separate room for working out. Yeah, because there for a while, that. it was like in our living room mm-hmm. and it was just atrocities, like <laughs> completely a tornado war zone came through. And deposited nothing but yoga mats and uncalibrated weights. And (laughs) also, like, if we weren't working out at the same time, then it's like one person is working, like, writing emails, and the other one's like, six, seven. (laughs) We still do that, though. That's true. Because one person is undoubtedly working, the other one is doing hip thrusts on the (laughs) sofa, because that's the only, like, good height. Um, okay, can we talk about hip thrusts and squats really quick right oh, yeah. now? Oh, so, good. So White has some weights that we've been using, which is so nice. It's really nice to be able to still like do resistance training. But we don't have really heavy weights, obviously, <laughs> for the big compound lifts. So um, we have experimented with using each other. <laughs> so the first thing we did was White uh, hip thrusted me, which was extremely awkward. We tried <laughs> a lot hilarious. of various positions, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I ended up like playing. Thinking on your yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then we also have been uh, using each other as weights for squatting and that is also quite hilarious because it's yeah. really hard to balance it's so hard like you see pic- or videos of people doing it mm-hmm. it look you're like why aren't you going very low that's so dumb like <laughs> geez please 
Uh, it's hard. Yeah, we have videos of us just sitting down on the yeah. ground, with, <laughs> like, getting halfway to the squat, and just being like, "Nope." <laughs> and it's always weird because whoever is on the on the back, like, there's this instinct to catch the other person when they're falling. Like, <laughs> but you're on top of them. Yeah, so you can't. <laughs> there's no danger of them actually getting hurt. Like, you're just like, "Oh, boop," and then you're on your butt, yeah. and the other person is standing. <laughs> But there's just, like, for both of us, it's constant, like, if you fall, then you catch the other person in their armpits, and you're like, oh, man, that was unnecessary. Aw. Oh, amazing. But we're getting better at it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, that's our exciting lockdown gym routine. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not going to lie, though. That does sound pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's silly. Yeah. Besides your, like, general misery, <laughs> lockdown sounding pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we just need to bake another cake and my we really mood do. will skyrocket. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if we keep talking, then it's going to end up being a three-part episode. <laughs> so maybe we should get into the actual subject. Yeah, let's do it. But one more thing before that. Oh, yeah, tell me. I just want to make an announcement. You guys... Oh, we have a website now. Oh, I didn't even think about that. White made it. She did such a good job. It looks amazing. And you guys should all go check it out. It's bigandwhitepodcast.com. Yeah. Hey, oh, it's beautiful. You can listen to our episodes there. You can contact us. You can see our little bios. Mm -hmm. But you probably already know everything about us if you've been listening to this podcast maybe you, you probably know way too much about us actually way more than you ever wanted to know but you never know you should probably go to the website and just make sure you should still check it out for a share there's an easy link to our patreon on there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all the information that you need to know everything you want it's all there and wow. it looks lovely and delightful thank you and gorgeous yes wow. i love it thanks for making it you did yeah. a great job okay um i think with that being said we should just let you guys listen to the episode. Yep. It's coming. Yep. It's here. Take it away, past big and white. So I'm really excited about this topic because I was not actually living in Nepal mm -hmm. at this time. So I'm... Yeah, I'm just excited to hear your perspective about it. And I think we've been waiting to talk about it on the podcast for a long time. Yeah. And um, this is the perfect time. Yeah. So without further ado, do you want to actually say what I know, I this feel like is there's about? a lot of suspense. I know. <laughs> so some of you guys may not know, but in September 2015 the new constitution of Nepal was signed. So this was about six months after all the crazy earthquakes that happened here. And then there was some controversial things in the constitution. I am not going to get into any of the politics here, but I will get into the result, which was that there were protests at the border and the border with India shut down. So for maybe five months, mm -hmm. things kept getting worse and worse. People call it the Nakabundi, which means closed border. <laughs> um, and yeah, that political event had way bigger ramifications on the country of Nepal, especially economically than the earthquakes ever did. And yeah, during that time, there were a lot of shortages of goods and things that were essential to people's lives. And it was a struggle. It was, it was a crazy time. And I think part of the thing that was weird about it was 
for us, it was such a slow burn. You know, it's like the proverb of the frog in the boiling water. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's just getting warmer over time and you don't know what's going to happen. But I think then the other thing that was weird was no one was checking in on us. Mm. Like when the earthquakes happened, I was getting all these messages. Oh, I saw crazy things happening in Nepal. So tragic, blah, 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 which it was. But when you have like a political situation that's lasting for months and months, no one notices. Yeah. You know, and that actually was way harder on the country than some of the earthquakes. Yeah. Man, that is crazy. Do you want to like give us like a rundown of what actually happened? What was it like on the ground? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it happened so slowly that you didn't really notice at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had to cancel some field work I was on like halfway through. So we went to a few villages and then came back oh. to Kathmandu. Because we started hearing about shortages and yep. stuff. And we kind of knew it was coming, but we didn't really... No one knew how long it would last, yeah. right? So it was like such a weird, like, unsure thing. But part of it, well, that was crazy. So the main thing that there were shortages of were petrol. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could get black market petrol, but it's super bad for your vehicle, right? And there were lines up to like two kilometers long wow. of people trying to get petrol Mm. and then when you got to the front you didn't get much at all it was like i think for motorbikes you got maybe two liters Mm. so like half a gallon yeah and taxis got five or six liters i think and private cars couldn't get any wow they were saving it all for public vehicles poor taxis your entire Uh, livelihood it was so hard on them yeah it was really bad and um yeah one of my friends actually waited in line for a nepali guy for two days and his wife came and brought him meals and he slept on the road to get petrol for his bike yeah the other thing there was a huge major shortage of was cooking gas so Mm -hmm. everyone here cooks with gas from cylinders we don't get it piped into our houses and there were shortages of that there was more of a black market for that that was available it was just more expensive Mm -hmm. than normal pretty much um so people who just like happened to be low on gas when it kind of suddenly started were like screwed. Yeah. Like we didn't have a backup one at your house. Like mm-hmm. what, what are you going to do? And the problem with that was it was winter. Yeah. Like this started in like mm, September, but it lasted through like March, I think, February, March. So it was cold. It's not like you can eat cold food, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and then here's the other problem. This was before we had electricity 24-7, right? right? During load shedding. Right. Most of Nepal's electricity comes from hydropower, Mm -hmm. and winter is dry season. So in the winter, even during normal times back then, sometimes you would have up to 20 hours of load shedding per day. So that meant four hours of electricity per day. So you couldn't even cook, you know, you couldn't get an electric stovetop because you didn't even have the power to do it. I remember... So we have a backup uh, battery power at my house, but it can only handle a certain amount of wattage. So you can't like run a hairdryer or an oven or anything like that. So I bought a super tiny little rice cooker. <laughs> it's like, baby rice cooker, so 100 yeah. watts. So that was the only way that we had to heat things if the electricity was off because we were trying to save our cooking gas, right? Yeah. So I would like, there was one plug that's on the backup power mm-hmm. and I would like squat next to it and just pour water into the rice cooker and like wait for it to heat up. <laughs> <laughs> like, so like using it for more than 
just oh, for being yeah. rice. Like, yeah. Anything that we wanted to yeah. eat up, we made in that teensy baby little oh, rice yeah. cooker. <laughs> and the other thing that was crazy, I, I feel like I have some of my really strong memories were that rice cooker and then my roommate waking up at 4 a.m. to boil water. Mm. <laughs> so she would boil it while the power was on and then put it in a thermos and then go back to bed Good. so that we had hot water in yep, the morning. Yep. <laughs> and just feeling cold mm. all the time. You couldn't heat water for a hot water bottle. You couldn't heat water to drink. Right. You couldn't heat up your food. And in Nepal, the houses are made of concrete. So it's the same temperature inside the house as yeah. outside the house. We couldn't run heaters on electricity or gas and you're just never warm like you just you're just never warm yeah yeah it was it was a long time so it must have been i imagine a lot worse in urban nepal like in Kathmandu, right than like Mm -hmm. the village like they're used like their houses are made of thinner materials it's made for the climate you cook on wood most of the time or Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and we had a big problem in Kathmandu. It was interesting. I was looking back at some of my blog posts from that time. I used to be a blogger. I remember <laughs> those days. And at the beginning of the shortages, I wrote a blog post about how great it was that the air was all clear because there was like no vehicles driving yeah. around the city. And I'm like, oh, the pollution's gone. But then by the end of the shortages, our pollution got, actually got worse because people started using wood to cook on. And wood burns not as clean as gas. So then the whole valley filled up with wood smoke, essentially. So it was just like a different kind of pollution. And it was, oh, it was. And a lot of people had, you know, black market petrol, which obviously is way lower quality. And the pollution got awful. It was so bad, just like settling in the valley. Yeah. Gross. Mm -hmm. So if nobody could get petrol how did people get around oh let me tell you (laughs) part of it actually people didn't like school started closing because teachers couldn't get to school and stuff and like a lot of restaurants and businesses closed but there was like maybe half the number of buses as normal but still the same number of people that wanted to go places (laughs) so yeah the buses were just absurdly full like i don't even know how to describe to you how many humans would be in one vehicle (laughs) i had a couple experiences one was being in a microbus so it's a 10-seater van and we had there were 33 people in there yikes it was insane yeah and then the government made a rule like hey you have to be able to close the door of the vehicle (laughs) (laughs) people are hanging out the sides you know so we'd get there and there's two people that run the bus it's the driver and then the guy who's like kind of the conductor that takes the money and you know like tells people where the bus is going and stuff right so everyone would get on the bus you know you're like sitting two people are sitting in one person's lap (laughs) like you're stacked three high you know and um he goes to close the door and everyone kind of like breathes out and shrinks as far and be like, okay, we're going to close the door. <laughs> Barely get it to latch. I got uh, really close with a lot of strangers yeah. at that time. I imagine in this current climate, um, everyone listening is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I touched a lot of people in inappropriate places by accident. But yeah, and then another time we took like a normal size bus. I don't know what to call that. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But it was so full. We were all like standing in the aisles and stuff, you know. And like at one point, I just picked my feet up and I was like still upright. (laughs) That's how squished in it was. But then the problem is people in the back of the bus, like when the bus stops, you're trying to get out. Yeah. Then they have to like climb over people or like a bunch of people have to get out. So one person get out and then everyone has to get back in. I saw once I saw the bus wall uh, like climb in the back window to take someone's money. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was was super unsafe. Oh, majorly (laughs) unsafe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was an adventure as is everything. Yeah, (laughs) it sure sounds like an adventure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's where you went to get warm. Like, just go to the buses. You'll warm <laughs> yeah. up right away. Body heat, please <laughs> help me. Um. Well, were there like food shortages as well? Okay, so here's the weird thing. I was thinking about this because, you know, we have potential shortages coming upon us now. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what was it like then? But actually, there wasn't really food shortages. Hmm. There was shortages of medicine for mm-hmm. sure which all of our medicine comes from India and that border was closed, right? Mm -hmm. Which that was like a big deal. But food-wise, a lot of food is produced here. Yeah. And people didn't panic buy. There was like no panic buying. So you would go to the store and there's food. And then the next week you go and there's a little less. The next week you go, there's a little less. They just weren't Mm -hmm. restocking. But no, like there wasn't empty shelves ever or like, oh, people couldn't get rice or something. Because there's a lot of food that's made here in Nepal. I was trying to remember, like, I think there was random things you couldn't get, like, I don't know, disposable diapers, maybe, (laughs) or, like, oh, I know, popcorn. Oh. For some reason, you couldn't get popcorn. Which is weird That must come from India. Yeah, that is so weird. Yeah. I mean, just, like, really random little things, or, like, you know, Marmite, or, like, kind of imported Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Oh, I know, conditioner. You could only buy shampoo for a while. What? (laughs) The weird things that you're like, this came from another country? <laughs> well, I think shampoo is more common. So it's just all the conditioner ran out and there was yeah. still shampoo left over. I don't know. <laughs> so random. That is really bizarre. But it me. wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I would expect there to be more of a run on things or people being kind of freaking mm-hmm. out. Everyone was so calm about it. it was like, well, this sucks, but I guess I'll still keep my normal yeah. shopping schedule. Right. Yeah. It is kind of just part of the culture to just take things in stride. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Pretty yeah. amazing. I know. It is funny with this topic that shall not be named of our pandemic. It seems like a lot of Nepalis kind of feel like, man, we've been through way worse than this. Yeah. Like, why? No one's worried. I know. <laughs> you know the only reason, things. not the only reason, it's a little bit worrisome because there we get so much news from outside mm-hmm. so that we're like, this isn't happening here, but it's been happening everywhere else so like maybe we should be worried it's gonna come to us yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean the only thing we can do is wait and see right yes buy enough rice yeah oh quinoa for days (laughs) (laughs) weeks and months i'm gonna be coming over (laughs) yeah girl come eat our quinoa (laughs) (laughs) so were people like coming in and out of nepal at this time yeah actually i was thinking about the tourism industry because I mean, it wasn't like high season for tourism mm-hmm. anyway, but it was kind of hard to get from like place to place within Nepal. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure that the tourist tourism went down at that point. Mm-hmm. But one thing was that planes would fly to India 
and refuel and then fly to Kathmandu. So wow. even if you had a direct flight, you'd still land in like Delhi or somewhere because the planes couldn't refuel here in Nepal. Right. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny to hear like things that at the time you're just like, oh, it's happening. Later mm-hmm. you think about it and you're like, did that really yeah. happen? Yeah. So people would have like a flight to Kathmandu from, I don't know, Kuala Lumpur or something. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Kuala Lumpur, Delhi. And then everyone just sits on the plane where yeah. it refuels. <laughs> Turns into Kathmandu, fly back to Delhi. <laughs> you know? Turns into a Southwest flight. Every single flight is Southwest. <laughs> Secretly a bus. There's yes, like 12 stops. Exactly. Like, no, we can't even get off. Please give us snacks. You got to fly southwest on the West Coast because we do not have that problem. <laughs> so you talked about how kind of like Nepali culture, you know, didn't make that big a deal about it. Yeah. There wasn't food shortages and stuff. I mean, it, it was a big deal. Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, Nepalis breezy, don't have right, emotions. Right, right. <laughs> Like, eh, no, nothing ever affects me. Yeah. But I just feel like compared to maybe other cultures, how mm-hmm. they would have reacted, there was a yeah. lot less panic and people took it in stride a bit more. Yeah. Were foreigners still here? Did everybody stay? Or Yeah. So like I said, it was such a weird thing. Of It was happening so in slow motion, kind mm. of. Um, another quote from like I, when I was reading back my old blog posts was I wrote, we seem to be teetering on the edge of a crisis. Mm-hmm. But literally, that's how it was for five months. Yeah. Like we never fell over the edge. Right. So I remember like talking with people in our organization, like, so what triggers will make us leave? You know, mm-hmm. like what things that happen will make it so we can't stay here mm-hmm. anymore? And it was really hard to define because it was so nebulous right so i think it really depended on the person and their personality like some people left when they ran out of cooking gas you know some people left when the schools closed and their kids couldn't go to school anymore some people i'm trying to think of other examples i don't know it was kind of like a slow trickle of whenever to you it felt like too much then you would go Mm -hmm. you know but yeah i remember one thing we talked about actually I, i forgot to mention this earlier One interesting thing that it affected was because there was no power and there was no gas for generators, banks started closing because they couldn't maintain their level of security that they needed. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, things you don't think about. Right. So a lot of the banks were closed, but the ATMs were still open. Mm -hmm. So then we were kind of like, okay, if the ATMs run out of money and don't get restocked, maybe that's when we should go, you know? Yeah. Like, everyone keep cash at your house just in case. But yeah, I I don't remember feeling scared ever. Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling like it was inconvenient. Right. You know, like, I'm cold and that's not fun. But there was never a sense of fear or, like, feeling trapped here or any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it would be hard. It's kind of hard to imagine because we're going through, like, weird situation now. Mm. But it's not like, oh, well, this is happening in Nepal. And if I left Nepal, I could escape it. It's kind of like, well, Nepal's kind of better off than anywhere else right now. That's how it feels in the moment, at least. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it definitely is like you have really different reasons for Mm -hmm. leaving now because it's a worldwide thing. Like, you leave because you need better health care or because... You were planning to leave anyway, and you Mm -hmm. won't be able to leave if you don't now, or, you know. But it's not for the reason of, the place I'm currently in isn't great. I can go to a better place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. 
But I will say, you know, it's kind of the thing of like going through war together or whatever. It's like there's definitely a sense of camaraderie of everyone. Mm. Like, you know, I have pictures from Christmas Day during the Nagabundi and it was so cold. And we were sitting on the porch trying to warm up because there was like a tiny bit of sun. And I have a picture of my roommate. And I have a whole album called Winter Fashion that was mostly (laughs) started during this time where it's like you're already wearing clothes and you're cold. So you like add more layers. So she's wearing like flannels over other flannels with like long socks up to her (laughs) mid calf and then a yak blanket skirt and a yak blanket shawl over her sweatshirt with the hood on sitting on the porch with her guitar singing a christmas song (laughs) (laughs) yeah you just like you really bond in those moments you you know what i mean or like your landlord invites you down to sit by their fire with the wood that who knows where they got it yeah cutting down forests around Kathmandu valley or i don't know it makes you share with people share experiences together even if they aren't the great experiences themselves yeah well it sounds like you have pretty much a positive outlook on the whole experience yeah i'm glad i was here for it that sounds weird as i say it, i'm like did that just come out of my mouth what are all this stupid foreigner talking about like (laughs) it was such a such a time of growth for me and like just good to have hardship that's not what i mean at all (laughs) i'm not a tourist in hardships (laughs) but i think the reason i'm glad is that i feel like i shared that experience and i didn't i didn't have a moment of oh i'm better than these nepalis and i have enough money to escape these Mm -hmm. problems or something and not that i'm judging people who did leave because I'm sure they made the right decision for Mm -hmm. them. Like, I feel lucky that I'm a young, single, healthy person and, you know, I was okay being here. But I don't know. I just think the longer that you live somewhere and the more shared experiences you have with everyone else who lives there, the more connected you feel to that place. So whether those experiences are really good, I mean, I've had a lot of those too, you know, or bad and like you made it through and yeah. I don't know. It just helps me feel a deeper connection to Nepal somehow. Is that weird? (laughs) (laughs) As I'm saying this, it feels weird, but I know it's true, so I can't take it back. No, we get it. Yeah. Very hippy dippy of you, but. Is it? Oh. (laughs) My college hippie is coming up, I guess. (laughs) Because it was a trying time for everyone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well. Thanks for sharing all of your wisdom about the Nakabundi. (laughs) Yeah. I. It's it's funny, I feel like I don't remember it very well, weirdly. Mm. Like, it must not have been that traumatic. <laughs> yeah, right. I had to like go back and look at things I had written and ask my friends and stuff yeah. because, I mean, it was different, but it mm. wasn't. It just shows how adaptable humans are. True, dude. So true. Yeah. And I feel like this is also an advertisement for writing down your experiences. This episode brought to you by writeshitdown.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it is true though because your brain isn't your memory isn't very reliable right yeah so it's really nice to have see what you were thinking in that moment i love reading old journals Mm, it's quite the best i love you know that oscar wilde quote he's such a gem (laughs) it's i never travel without my diary one should always have something sensational to read in the train (laughs) so good what a diva i love it i know (laughs) amazing Yeah, anyway, my life is super exciting. And so I'm exciting so I'm that you can't you. even remember it <laughs> yeah, exactly. without reading your own journal. <laughs> okay, well, um, that's enough about me. Shall we do our segment of the week? Okay. Okay. 
Just kidding. The segment is also me talking. (laughs) Welcome. Hello. This is an episode starring Big. (laughs) That's okay with me. I can just sit back, relax, let you talk. Yeah, you're Throw in a little little laugh. I know. You're here for the witty comments. Yeah. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Well, without further ado, take it away after taking it away. Okay, so the reason I was thinking about this today was I was with my friend at the Qatar Airways office. Mm -hmm. As one does on a Saturday morning. It was lovely. But um, yeah, so we were talking about how Nepal only has one international airport. And I was telling her something she didn't know, which I don't know if you know either. Do you know that back in 2015, a Turkish Airlines plane (laughs) crashed on the one international airport tarmac (laughs) and for two days no flights could come in or out of this whole country i had heard a mention of (laughs) of this event yeah i don't know i just was i am like offhandedly said it and she was kind of like what (laughs) she was really amazed and then the more we talked about the more i was like actually you're right that is crazy so i just wanted to tell you guys the story Hi, dogs. Do you guys want to hear my story? They don't, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, I want to talk, not you. Yeah, so what happened was I looked up actually the flight log information or whatever. There's a website that talks about all the airplane crashes in the world. (laughs) Hey-oh, I'm not a nerd. I didn't know about that already. (laughs) Yeah, so this flight, what happened was it was pretty cloudy that day, and it was the first flight to come in in the morning. And so they were circling basically until the fog let up. And it let up enough that the tower told them, okay, you can land. So they went to land, but the visibility was still really low. So probably what they should have done is just taken off again and um, circled again until it got a little bit better. But they were like, oh, well, we'll just land using our instruments, right? To tell Mm -hmm. us where to go. Yeah, seems legit. Okay, but so it was like a double mistake. So that was one mistake. And then the second mistake was the coordinates were slightly off. For the instruments. And so the way it works is it gives them, there's like numbers between which you can land and you're okay, right? But they were shifted a little bit to the left. And another Turkish flight had actually reported it a few days earlier and the airport hadn't fixed it yet. So they were a little bit off and they landed one of their back wheels landed off of the tarmac Mm. in the like soft area. And it made the front nose gear collapse. So no one died and no one was injured. Super lucky. But then the plane just slid on the tarmac and now you can't use your landing gear to take off, right? (laughs) Because it's broken. So then, okay, this is the part that is unofficial. I didn't read about. This is just what I heard at the time when it happened. There was like this big fight between Turkish Airways and the Nepali government. (laughs) Because the government was like, um, we need our tarmac, please. (laughs) Can we just use a bulldozer and push your plane off out of the way and turkish was like that is a very expensive plane please don't do that (laughs) so for two days all these people were trapped here that were trying to leave and vice versa no one could come in my friend was actually here at the time and he couldn't get a hotel because all the hotels were full of people who were planning to leave who were able to yeah how many freaking people were this? It was like, I think it's like 20,000 people a day or something. It was a high number. Oh. Yeah. I mean, people would have been coming in too, but still, it was like a lot of people that got trapped here. Yeah. So, um, 
the way that they finally fixed it was India sent like a special forces air force plane that is designed to land on a short runway. <laughs> it's the only plane that could land here. And they brought special gear that like lifted. I think, I don't know. I couldn't find an article on it, but what I remember hearing at the time was the special gear like goes around the plane and then they mm-hmm. inflate it and it lifts the plane up off the tarmac. So it's not, they're not like right. decreasing the right, integrity right. of the hull. And then they moved it off. Wow, we. <laughs> I feel Drama. like yeah. This is why you should have two landing strips in your country. You're like, you know, normally, normal times, we have this podcast to try and convince you to come to <laughs> Nepal. But we chose the time well. We're like, um, so first of all, there's no flights in or out of the country at this moment. Also, once there's only we didn't one have landing any, strip. Any, yeah, there's only one landing strip. And also. taking off strips. Sometimes it's the same strip. We, sometimes we just don't have supplies because of things. Yeah. <laughs> come visit Nepal. It's amazing. <laughs> no, actually, they'll come visit. Yeah. Come visit, you guys. It's great. After this all blows over. <sighs> actually, though. It's going to be amazing know, when it blows over. And I think, honestly, one of the really big problems with this virus, which of course everyone has identified, is the economic ram- mm-hmm. ramifications of what we're doing, right? We're shutting the world down like, well, that's not going well. Yeah. And one of the problems in Nepal is that a ton of our economy here is run on tourism. Yep. So if you want to boost the world economy and you want to help Nepal, come here and spend money soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as soon as you can. You'll love it. I know. Nepal's amazing. It really is. It's gorgeous, and it's fun, and everyone's nice, and we're here, and you can hang out with us. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> we will single-handedly rescue Nepal tourism. <laughs> with our podcast. Meet and greet, anyone? Oh, come visit <laughs> us. Meet and greet at Gokyo Lake by Everspace Camp, oh. anyone? <laughs> <laughs> well anyway i feel like this episode was a lot of me talking but i'm gonna talk even more right now (laughs) Uh, i just wanted to say again how much we appreciate you guys as listeners and how we hope that you're doing all the things that you need to do to stay sane yeah whether you're still going to work or whether you're stuck at home and yeah just don't let all of this stress you out, man. Mm-hmm. Like our friends at Urban Press said, don't freak out. Just be smart. Don't listen to the crow. He's just mean. Be smart. Don't listen to him. Yeah. You think it through and you just say, you know what? I'm just chilling out, bro. Yeah. And if you need some social interaction, just DM us. Yeah. We will give you all of the social yeah. interaction. Will we? I feel like you're like volunteering <laughs> me for like, Carrying the entire world. That's exactly what I'm doing. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Thank you <laughs> so much for that. Yeah. That was me kissing you. Not, <laughs> I don't know what else that sounded like. But don't do that. I just Social want to clarify. Distancing. Oh, crap. You're right. Oh. Get away from me. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know. We just need to clarify we are three feet from each other right yes, now. <laughs> It's all good. And we would be even if it wasn't social distancing because 
we're it's fine. Yeah, it, we're normal people. Yeah, I feel like I'd be breathing on your face like while we're recording. It'd be so awkward. Yeah, I mean, I just make eye contact with Big, and she's like, "Don't even freaking look at me." <laughs> it's really hard, honestly. Sometimes I'm just looking around the room, and then I happen to look at her, and her eyes are just like boring into my soul, and I'm like, "Oh no, what was I saying? I was only halfway through a sentence, and my world is over." From now on, I'll just like keep one eye open. <laughs> Actually better. I was going to say worse, but no, it's better. It's worse for me. It hurts real bad. I don't have fine muscle control on my eyeballs. You can't constantly wink. <laughs> oh, boy. I wish we weren't anonymous so I could send you a picture of white space right now. Yeah, that's that's the real reason that we became anonymous because Big friggin' takes the worst pictures of me ever. What? She do. You take weird pictures of me and make my head look tiny. <laughs> Just looking out for your chin. No, no, you take the pictures from too low. I have a big chin and a small head. You don't know anything about being a cheerleader. That's how I learned all my photography skills. Excuse me. Mm. That's true. <laughs> oh man, I think we better hang up before something combusts internally. <laughs> All right, you guys, stay safe out there. Stay cool. Protect your friends by social distancing and give them air kisses from five feet away. We love you. We're here for you. Check out our Instagram. Go on Facebook. You can go on Patreon. Also, email us. Also, I'm hanging up now. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. 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 Okay, bye. 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 Bye